The Sunday Review with Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Sunday Review. As part of Lesbian Visibility Week, we find out why the majority of young lesbian adults feel ashamed of their sexuality. We've news of the coronation events in East Grinstead this coming weekend and chat to former Bake Off contestant Alice Favronia to get some inspiration for our coronation parties. Plus, sisters Natalie Williamson and Kelly Van Zanten will be here to tell us about the Orchard Bar and Kitchen, which opens in Newchapel this Friday. Samantha Day chats to Lingfield-based singer Luca Brugnoli about his new album and upcoming concert, as well as what it was like taking part in BBC Young Chorister of the Year. And Paul Tolmy finds out about a new Couch to 5K group being run by the Pound Hill Pounders and the latest production from the Horsham Amateur Operatic and Dramatic Society. All coming up in this edition. This week was Lesbian Visibility Week, and according to new research from the LGBT Plus Young People's Charity, Just Like Us, almost 80% of young lesbian adults have felt ashamed of their sexuality, the highest proportion in any of the LGBT Plus communities. To tell us more, I'm joined by Amy Ashenden, the CEO of the charity. Amy, welcome to the show. Can you tell us a bit more about the research you did and its key findings? Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we found that basically the majority of LGBT plus young adults uh, feel ashamed of who they are. Um, But this was especially high with young lesbians. Um, 79% of them feel ashamed of their sexual orientation, um, which is is really heartbreaking. Um, You know, that's that's a huge weight on young people and, and their ability to thrive, navigate the world, be who they are. Um, so yeah we want to change this. So what do you think are some of the main reasons behind young lesbian adults feeling ashamed of their sexuality? Yeah I I think it's quite complex but also quite simple in a way. Um, Lesbians face both sexism and homophobia in the society we live in so there's kind of a unique double hit if you like of both of those things that they have to navigate and deal with. Um, I think there's there's lots of things that play into um, young lesbians' experiences. We've done research before that found that the majority of lesbians of all ages have delayed coming out because of un- unhelpful and damaging stereotypes. Just actually about the word lesbian even, you know, that we're uh, man-hating, unattractive, or that we... Um, and, and actually how the word lesbian even is sexualized in society today. Um, So I think that there's quite a few different issues at play, um, but in a way, it's quite a simple challenge that we could, you know, we could turn this around quite easily, I think, with more inclusive education in schools um, so that young people grow up hearing, you know, no matter what they hear in the wider world, if they can hear in school that being LGBT isn't something to be ashamed of, then I think their formative years will look very different. You mentioned there about how inclusivity is the key. How can parents, teachers and other adults support LGBT plus youth who may be struggling with their identity? Yeah, completely. Um, So this research is part of a a big report that we've got coming out on the 1st of June, and it's going to have recommendations in there as to ways, you know, parents and teachers and anyone really with a young person in their life um, can better support them if they are LGBT plus or think that they might be. I think really it starts with having a conversation early on. You know, our research has shown that LGBT people wish that these conversations started in primary school or nursery even. Um, And it's about not um, putting a pressure on young people to feel that being straight is better um, or that that that's the assumed thing that they will be. 
Um, because I think when that happens, young people feel like they have to sort of tr kind of find the courage to come up against this norm or expectation that they should be straight and that it's better to be straight. Um, so it's about how do we how do we break down that expectation? Um, and I think really it's about parents and teachers having the conversations early on and letting them know really clearly that they don't see being LGBT plus as something to be ashamed of and that they will support that young person if they were to be LGBT plus. So I think when we don't talk about these things, young people understandably then get fearful and they they imagine that the outcome actually will be a lot worse and that they won't be accepted even though that teacher or parent might actually not be homophobic or transphobic or whatever it might be. It's just that if there's silence, then young people get really fearful. You mentioned there about having conversations early on. By not doing that, what impact is that having on the mental health and well-being of LGBT plus youth and as they progress into adulthood? Yeah, I think it has huge devastating impacts um, so we'll see in the final report what happens when um, young people from unsupportive backgrounds, um, you know, aren't embraced and accepted by their schools or at home. And the impact that that has into early adulthood um, is, is quite huge, actually. Um, and conversely, when they do get support at home or at school, they have much better well-being and outlook on life as an adult. Um, you know, I often think being a teenager is, is hard enough, <laughs> you know, getting through your formative years, figuring out who you are, navigating the world around you is quite a tough challenge as it is, let alone realising that you're LGBT plus in a world that very much caters to straight people and sends messages to us, consciously or not, that being straight is, is somehow better. Um, so I think you know, it, it's just a really, it's really tough being a young person. But if you realise that you might also be LGBT plus, um, and you've got parents and teachers around you that won't even talk about the topic, that's really difficult. And what about young people themselves, whether they're LGBT plus or not? What sort of role can they play in creating a more inclusive and accepting society? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's about allyship, isn't it, really? Um, you know, one of the ways that we work with young people is we have um, an ambassador program for LGBT plus 18 to 25 year olds um, and they volunteer with us and we train them to speak in schools and they talk about their experiences. They also talk about how to be allies and they inspire young people and the next generation uh, to be, you know, more welcoming to their peers. But also young people in school can also do lots of things as well. We run a pride groups program at the charity where we help secondary schools to run kind of like lunchtime clubs for LGBT and ally pupils. And, you know, you don't have to be LGBT plus and lots of young people aren't, but they want to have a voice and they want to show that diversity is a, po a positive thing. Um, and they work together to make change in their school, you know, whether it's designing posters to put up or doing an assembly together, things like that. Um, I think there's definitely a huge role to play for, for straight people, actually, um, in bringing about change and making society a, just a nicer place for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you mentioned some of the activities that you undertake as a charity. What other kind of services and resources do you offer? Yeah, so we primarily work with schools and young people. So we also run School Diversity Week every June, uh, which primary and secondary schools can get involved in. Um, we provide free resources to the schools that want to take part. Um, and anything from lesson plans to 
assembly slides to posters and um, we provide all of those for free. Uh, we also do the school talks that I mentioned um, and we've got our ambassador program and as well as being trained to speak in schools as an ambassador. We also provide you with uh, career mentoring, which is really important because lots of LGBT plus young people go back into the closet when they go into work. Um, and we also run skills workshops as well. So it's just about empowering young people um, to be able to feel confident in being their full selves and be able to thrive at, at work or wherever it may be. Fantastic. And where can people go to access further advice and information on the topics we've discussed today? Yeah, so they can just go to our website, justlikeus.org, or if you Google Just Like Us, the charity will come up and you can find all the research and info on what we do there. That's great. Amy, thanks so much for joining us today and for sharing your insight on this important topic. Thank you. Thanks so much. For more information on the research, or if you'd like any help and advice, visit justlikeus.org. That's justlikeus.org. We'll post a link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. This coming weekend, the town will be celebrating King Charles's coronation with several events planned over three days. To tell us what's in store, I'm joined by Alice Fletcher, the Community and Tourism Manager for East Grinstead Town Council. Alice, welcome to the show. So can you tell us what's planned for the day of the coronation itself on Saturday the 6th of May? Hi, Tim. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, yeah, I'd just like to share with everyone what the East Grinstead Town Council have organised for the day. So on Saturday the 6th of May, we will be having a Monarchy Through the Ages Fancy Dress Walking Parade, which will be starting at East Court at 9am. And we have about 18 different community groups. So two to 300 people signed up to come along um, and um, walk in the parade. So if you can come along and give them a wave and a cheer, um, that will be great. They will be walking from East Court up College Lane, along the High Street, down London Road, and then over the footbridge and into King George's Field. Once we're in King George's Field, um, we will say thank you to everyone in the parade, and we will have a large screen there where we will be showing the coronation service. So we've heard that the King's Procession will be starting at 10.20. So we'll be in the field with the big screen ready to watch that. So you don't need to miss anything. You can watch our parade and then watch the King's Parade. Um, and then his service is going to start at 11 a.m. So we'll have that all shown on the big screen. So bring a picnic, bring a, bring a blanket, come and sit on the grass and watch the screen. Bring food with you or buy from um, some of our food vendors that are coming along. We'll also have some family fun entertainment there as well, sponsored by Step by Step School. And um, we have a bouncy castle, um, mini golf, um, garden games, children's colouring and activities there. Um, and we also have fancy dress prizes and a right royal dog show as well. So bring your dogs along and just enter on the day. There's no need to sign up in advance of the dog show. The dog show will be on about... 2.45 in the afternoon. Fantastic. And um, presumably this is all a free event. There's no need for people to get tickets in advance or anything. Totally free. No tickets needed. Just turn up and enjoy yourself. Now, obviously, the coronation itself takes place on the Saturday, but you've got some events planned for Sunday as well. What can people look forward to then? On Sunday, um, as part of the coronation weekend, they have called Sunday the Big Lunch. So being Neighbourly Charity and East Grinstead Town Council have organised a big lunch. 
So up on the high street between 1 and 5 p.m., the high street will be closed to um, traffic and people can come um, sit on tables and chairs in the high street. They can bring a picnic or they can buy from um, cafes and restaurants. There's no outside food vendors. It's just cafes and restaurants in the high street. So supporting local businesses, um, buy some lunch and sit and enjoy some great live music for the afternoon. All free event there for the live music as well. And of course, Monday's been designated as a bank holiday for us all. Is there anything special going to be going on in town? Absolutely. An extra bank holiday, which is fabulous. So um, King Charles has um, said that he wanted this to be all about volunteering. So we have um, got together a list of all the different organisations in town that are looking for volunteers. So we'll be sharing that information if anyone does want to get involved in volunteering um, they can contact those organizations directly and we are also organizing a a big town litter pick if people want to join us in king george's field at 10 a.m 10 till 12 um, we'll provide the litter picks and the high visits and everything you need come along do a little bit of litter picking um, as your volunteering effort for the weekend that's great now lots of stuff to take in there where can people go to get further information on the events you've mentioned yeah, absolutely. Well, we have created a um, souvenir programme for our East Grinstead celebrations, um, which is available from the tourist desk in the library for £1. Um, it's got all the information in there about what's going on over the weekend and a few other facts about King Charles and just the coronation in general. So a nice little souvenir programme to have there. We also have some coronation mugs on sale as well in the library at the tourist desk. Um, we'll be putting all the information out on our East Grinton Town Council Facebook pages and sharing that on social media and on our website and on the Visit East Grinton website as well. As well as if you have looked around town, there are posters and banners up in town as well and in shop windows. Well, I don't think anyone will be stuck in being able to find out what's going on. Sounds like you've got a great weekend in store. Fingers crossed for the weather. Alice, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Tim. For more information on the events taking place in East Grinstead over Coronation Weekend, go to visiteastgrinstead.com. That's visiteastgrinstead.com. We'll post the link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. As we've just heard, as part of the Coronation Weekend celebrations, we're all being encouraged to make connections and lift community spirits through the Coronation Big Lunch. The results of a recent survey by the Eden Project say fancy food is a vital ingredient for the upcoming Right Royal Knees Up, and it's the friendly and welcoming atmosphere which we like most about neighbourhood events. To give us some inspiration on what we can cook up for the big day, I'm joined by Great British Bake Off finalist Alice Fevronia. Alice, welcome to the show. What inspired you to get involved with the Coronation Big Lunch? Uh, so it's a fantastic initiative that basically is trying to encourage friendlier communities and to get people out there speaking to neighbours, chatting to people they wouldn't normally speak to. And as you said, although, you know, fancy food can often be thought of as a, as a big part of these celebrations and it can be a great talking point, um, the things that people are really sort of concerned about are a friendly, welcome atmosphere, you know, having great company and conversation and, and really it's not necessarily the be all and end all if you don't have a huge banquet of delicious bakes and cakes. Um, if that's your thing, obviously for me, I'm a baker and this is sort of me and my element. Um, but as long as you're sort of getting involved, um, even if you sort of turn up with a packet of biscuits and a cup of tea, it's that's all that matters really is that you're there. 
Fantastic. Now, as you mentioned, you're a baker. So what sort of recipes would you recommend for people to bring along to their coronation celebrations? Uh, I think, you know, whatever takes your fancy, honestly. Um, obviously, we've got the coronation quiche that's that's been announced, um, this new recipe developed for the coronation. So if you're into trying something new, then give that a go. Um, but it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be expensive. There's so many bakes and things that you don't even need to put your oven on. You could um, sort of raid the cupboards and sort of um, put something together like a um, Rocky Road or fridge cake or something like that. Tray bakes are great. Um, or if you're not fancy sort of baking, you can always just sort of grab something from the shops. But anything goes when it comes to the big lunch. Now, obviously, this event is all about bringing communities together. How do you think food and baking can play a role in that? So I think, obviously, so many great conversations can take place over food. Um, and obviously, the coronation is a fantastic excuse to get out there and chat to people. And, um, yeah, it can be a great talking point. What have you baked? Or what have you brought? Um so those, those conversation starters um so i think yeah if if that's um what you fancy if you're into baking cooking um it's a, it's a great opportunity to do so and what tips and advice would you give to people who are looking to host their own community events and get their neighbors involved so um well you can go to the coronationbiglunch.com to download your free um, pack which has so much information lots of resources in there um to host your own coronation big lunch um but yeah it doesn't it can be it can be big it could be a big street party it could simply be a few neighbors gathering together in someone's garden you never know the weather might not be great and, and it could be sort of hosted in someone's living room so the, the scale is completely up to you um so yeah i think the main main thing is just to get to get involved so what will you be taking along to your local coronation big lunch so obviously, uh, baking is my thing. <laughs> so, um, so yes, I've got lots. I've got lots planned. I'm going to try the quiche, the coronation quiche, um, a couple of cakes, I think, and um, a few sort of smaller bits that can be shared around easily. Fantastic. And just remind people, where can they go to get more information and check out the recipe for the quiche? So the coronationbiglunch.com is where you can go for all the resources. There's lots of um, lovely recipes on there as well. That's great. Alice, thanks so much for your time today and enjoy your coronation big lunch. Thank you so much. Bye. As Alice mentioned, if you'd like some more inspiration and recipe ideas for the Coronation Weekend, visit coronationbiglunch.com. That's coronationbiglunch.com. We'll post the link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. A new alfresco dining experience is on its way to the Surrey countryside. The Orchard Bar and Kitchen will be serving up artisan food and drink every Friday and Saturday from the 5th of May at the Long Acres Camping and Caravanning site near Newchapel. To tell us more, I'm joined by sisters Natalie Williamson and Kelly Van Zanten. Welcome to the show, both of you. Natalie, if I can start with you, can you tell us a little bit more about this new alfresco dining experience? Yep, so we're opening um, the Orchard Bar and Kitchen, as you said, at Long Acres Camping and Caravan Park in uh, Newchapel Road in Lingfield. Um, so we are Carna Bars, so me and my sister, we run our Carna Bars, and we um, went to the campsite and was like, we would love for our bar to go there for the summer. Um, and from that, we got, um, why don't we get food vendors in? Why don't we make it more than just us serving drinks? Why don't we make it bigger and better? Um, so we have um, recruited three um, food vendors. We've got Guac and Roll coming, which is a Mexican um, food vendor. 
So um, nachos, they're going to do, what else are they doing? I think their menu is actually really good and accommodating for like the whole family because they can, you can add um, how much spice you want. So if you, you know, want it quite plain and things for the children, then you can choose, you know, what bits you want to go in along the way. Um, so yeah, they're doing burritos, um, nachos, all of that sort of Mexican <laughs> type food. All thing Mexican food. Um, then we've got Pizza Federici, which will be serving like um, don't make pizzas. Um, again, they cater for all um, eating types. Yeah. Dietary requirements. <laughs> Dietary requirements. That's the word I'm looking for. And then Gourmet Griddle, which is going to be doing posh burgers. So we're going to work together as a team to, yeah, bring you amazing outdoor alfresco dining experience. Now, as you mentioned, you're going to be taking care of the drink side of things. So what's going to be on offer there? Yeah, so we're actually, we're planning to um, team it, team the drinks with, with the food, you know. So we're, when it's a Mexican... We're going to do food, margaritas. We're going to have margaritas and, you know, tequila-based cocktails and all of that sort of thing. All of our um, all of our cocktails are, like, handmade and we make a lot of the syrups and things ourselves. Um, so they're quite unique. And, um, yeah, we think they're a little bit great. Yeah, they are a little bit great. We've got uh, beer on draft. Yeah, we've we got have, ales. Yeah, we've got local beer. We're, um, we sell local beer because that's important to us. Fantastic. Now, with the vendors, are they going to all be there each week or are they going to kind of rotate round a little? They're rotating round. So um, there'll be different um, days. There'll be different. So there'll only be uh, one food vendor per weekend. Um, so guac and roll are going to be there on a Friday. Then we've got pizza Federici coming on a Saturday. Um, then we've also got, yeah, gourmet griddles. So it's between the three of them, it's split. Um, different days, there'll be different food vendors. You'll be able to look on our Instagram um, and then find out who's going to be there when. So if you particularly wanted to come to the Mexican, you'll be able to see if that's going to be what's available that week yeah. or something else. And will this just be a temporary pop-up? It is a temporary thing, yeah. So um, we are, as I said, we're going there on um, May 5th. We're going to be running through all the way till the end of September. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a stretch tent. There's going to be um, a stretch tent available. We're going to put um, fire pits out. We're going to do um, kids' games, so like old school kids' games, um, like croquet. There's going to be giant Jenga, um, giant Connect Four. Um, so the kids can kind of play while the adults have food and drink now you're only going to be open fridays and saturdays initially what times can people come along so we're looking to open from four till 11 four till 11 yeah, yeah four till 11 the times might change depending on um how busy it gets obviously if it's um busy and we get more demand then we're going to try and open out obviously as the weather starts to get better um we might look at opening different days during the week or um work like opening longer hours on a friday and saturday because I know as it starts to get like hotter, people want to go and have a drink. A yeah. yeah. Or Friday lunchtime, people are like, I want to go and have a drink in the garden and, you know, just enjoy the sunshine. If the demand is there, there's definitely the possibility that we will be open the whole, you know, properly the whole weekend. It's just, you know, obviously measuring when you're a new business, you never quite know how, is it, how it's going to go. Yeah. But we think it's going to be epic. <laughs> It sounds good, so I'm sure it will be. Um, now, regarding the location, why did you pick Long Acres? What's so special about it? What sort of atmosphere are you trying to create there? They've got a really, really beautiful setup down at Long Acres. And actually, I'd never really 
like because I'm local, I've never really been and appreciated it. But actually, like they've got you know lots of fields to play in and really beautiful camping for people to go and stay. They've also got some. Um, what are they, are the huts? The, the, oh, like the shepherd's hut. Yeah, like glamping. They put bell tents up during the summer. So, um, yeah, yeah they've got, it's, it's a really beautiful location down there. And obviously where we're going to put the um, the orchard bar and kitchen is actually in the apple orchard at the front yeah. of the um, front of the campsite. Um, so as soon as you come in, you'll be able to see it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, look, it just looks amazing down there already. And there's parking so people can, you know, park or they can walk from Lingfield um so yeah there's lots of options but it, uh, they're just such a lovely team down there aren't they yeah they, they are down, really lovely and they just you know we obviously had gone in and pitched that we wanted to come and sell drinks to their campers throughout the summer and they were just like yeah this is brilliant this will be really good they've just been really enthusiastic the whole time yeah and we've just all worked together brilliantly it's a really good team yeah it's coming together so nicely I guess it's important to mention that this isn't just for people staying at the campsite. You're open to everyone, aren't you? It isn't. No, we've decided to open it up, uh, like open it up to everybody in the surrounding areas or even further afield if you want to come. Um, yeah, I think it was really important to open it out because there's not, you know, there are places around here and great pubs around here. But actually, we just wanted to be something a little bit different. And yeah, so we're going for like a more chill festival vibe um obviously all the children children are welcome we're going to try and yeah incorporate the kids by having kids games excellent and is there any need for people to make bookings or can they just turn up they don't need to make any bookings no they can just turn up yeah we're going to have um so we're going to have seating so as i said before we've got the stretch tent going up so if the weather's um not that great then people could be undercover um we're going to have benches um as i said before we're going to have fire pits um, then we've got some like old school barrels that's going to have some tables. So around where the um, bar and the kitchen is, like the food vendors, there's a separate area um, where you can stand and have a drink. Um, and then also if you go over to the other side where the orchard part is, then there's the stretch tent, there's um, benches and you can yeah. kind of sit down. So you can choose whether to be in what area you want to sit. Are you going to be running any special events or promotions over the summer that people should be aware of? We were just talking about um, putting something out on the Instagram to say, you know, like if you like, share, follow, that we would offer, you know, a drinks package or, you know, a drink and a meal. Um, just have, It's something that is definitely in discussion. It is. So there will be something, but we haven't got anything yet. So keep an eye on Instagram is the message then. Yeah, like and follow us on Instagram and, you know, we've been kind of posting um, stuff of what's been happening down there. Obviously, they were out with the diggers and stuff this weekend. It's like really beautiful weather. So they were out this weekend clearing the space, getting stuff ready. So we are posting stuff on, on our Instagram quite regularly and our Facebook page as well um, for people to follow and kind of um, show people what's happening down there and where the actual space is going to be. And is that the best place for people to go to find out more information about what's happening? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely our Instagram and our Facebook page. So our Instagram is Orchard Bar and Kitchen 2023. That's great. Well, Natalie, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today and good luck with the venture. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. And we look forward to seeing everyone there. Yeah, definitely. The Orchard Bar and Kitchen will be open on Fridays and Saturdays from 4pm until 11pm, starting on Friday the 5th of May and running until the end of September. 
It's located at the Long Acres Caravan and Camping Park on Newchapel Road in Lingfield. For full details, visit Orchard Bar and Kitchen 2023 on Instagram. That's Orchard Bar and Kitchen 2023. Or search for Orchard Bar and Kitchen on Facebook. We'll post direct links to both on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. On her breakfast show the other week, Samantha Day spoke to Lingfield-based singer Luca Brugnoli, who was runner-up in BBC Young Chorister of the Year last year. He told Samantha all about his new album, an upcoming concert, as well as what it was like taking part in the BBC contest. It was an amazing experience because just the atmosphere was lovely and it wasn't like a massive pressure that was weighing you down. They were all just really nice, supporting everyone, and I made a couple of friends there, which is great. Oh, that's nice. And, yeah. And the judges were lovely, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were really, yeah, they were really nice. Catherine Jenkins. On Catherine there. Jenkins. I was watching on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just look so cool, as if, you know, we do this every day of the week. But uh, did you enjoy it, though? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And are you able to um, put yourself forward, perhaps for the next young chorister? I don't think I'll do that, to be honest. Okay. Any reason why? Uh, One reason is probably next year my voice might break. You never oh, know. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then... Then what happens? I'll still sing. You're still definitely. singing? I'm still singing, definitely. Uh, is your voice breaking? No, not yet. Not yet. But not it's, yet. you think it's going to be soon? It. Well, I don't know. But it, it's just a much of a muchness. Because mm. you never know when your voice is going to break. But, yeah. And so, just say, not necessarily you, but if it's another young person like yourself and you, um, uh, your voice was breaking, how long would that take to change? It can either go, like, from overnight oh. or a period of, like, six months that it'll just, like, develop. And that's what we're going to try to do with my voice so I can keep my high register. So that's great. And then, yeah, BBC Young Chorist was amazing. Yeah, it was such a good experience. Mm. Oh, I bet it was. You know, that, that, you know, take advantage of that because it's just wonderful, isn't it, that you've had that experience? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it was, it was really, really good. How many songs are there on the album? There's 16. Oh, 16. Wow, yeah. you have been busy. Now, Luca, you actually are singing some of the songs that you've got, aren't you? And you've done that with Alice? Yes, I have. Alice Platten. And where did you meet Alice? Uh, So I met her on BBC Young Chorister, and I just thought, like, we really gelled. So I invited her to sing with me on, like, three tracks on the album. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think they're really good. So it was over, like, about three days. So then the first day was like more classical songs and the second day was more crossover. Then the third day was just uh, tidying everything up and then the mixing and the cool stuff. Now, did you mention something about the NHS using some of your songs? Yes, I did. So uh, Rise Up was originally covered by the fabulous Sandra Day. It was a song I first started singing for fun during lockdown. It then became a song that helped quite a few people with their mental health, as the lyrics are quite uplifting. And Mm. obviously with the NHS, they sung it during lockdown uh, because of the the rainbow thing. Right, yes. And my album is going to be called Rise Up. 
Okay, so just go back and tell me, why did you name it Rise Up? Because I really love the song, because when I started singing it, it was just for fun. But then I kind of just really got into the song, and I've sung it like a hundred million times now. <laughs> so that's why I wanted it be, be, to be called Rise Up on the album, and I just think it's a good name. So you've got 16 songs then going on to the album. Yeah. And when is the album going to be coming out? So the album will be coming out on the 19th of May on all digital platforms. All over the place. So yes. you're really getting it out, uh, out there, aren't you? Definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And will you be doing more songs with Alice? Um, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, it'd be Which nice, would be great. It? Yeah. Yeah, it sort of mixes it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that sounds really nice. Uh, so you've got uh, an afternoon with Luca and guests uh, on Saturday the 27th of May. So that's going to be coming up uh, not so long away, is it? No, not so long away. So, And who are the guests that you're going to have? Uh, Alice Platten. She's going to come. She's going to come, yeah. Right, so this is going to be your first solo concert in East Grimsted, is it? Yes, yeah. it will. Yes. And are you practising more for that? Yes, <laughs> it's, I quite, am. it's quite one long practice, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just an ongoing, basically. Yeah. yeah, no, that is really, really good. And we're hoping that the local residents are going to come to St Swithin's Church for this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah we really do want the community to support you. That'd be Definitely. Good. Yeah, it'd be yeah. really good, wouldn't it? Now, you can, um, there's tickets, aren't there, on sale already? Yeah. Yes, there are. So the tickets are on sale now at www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash LRB hyphen music. That's www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash LRB hyphen music. It's quite long winded to be honest. Sorry. <laughs> Luca Brognoli there in conversation with Samantha Day. For tickets to Luca's concert at St Swithin's Church in East Grinstead on Saturday the 27th of May at 3pm, visit ticketsource.co.uk forward slash LRB hyphen music. That's ticketsource.co.uk forward slash LRB hyphen music. If you're interested in finding out more about Luca's new album and his story so far, visit lucabrognoli.co.uk. That's lucabrognoli.co.uk. We'll post links to both on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. If you watched the London Marathon last Sunday and were inspired to give running a go yourself, then Paul Tolmy might have the motivation you need. On his mid-morning show this week, he spoke to Paul Smith from Pound Hill Pounders, who was at the event last week. The, uh, the crowd uh, is certainly what makes uh, the marathon, um, and we were quite uh, fortunate to, uh, to go up uh, and be uh, with St Catherine's uh, Hospice mm. to support all the uh, our runners this weekend. Oh, brilliant. Where, where about, um, whereabouts were you on the course? Uh, so we were at mile 14 uh, supporting some of our, some of our runners uh, along with the uh, the rest of the crowd as well. Oh, so, so so just after just over the halfway mark then. So yes, exactly. So uh, when, you, when, when uh, yeah. they need us more. When you start to feel it and you need that it's, push. It's exactly yeah. yeah. So we had um, yeah we had uh, four people um, uh, who've never run a marathon before um, take part in their first marathon. Um, 
uh, of which they raised, uh, or a couple of them raised over five grand for uh, for St Catherine's, oh, which, uh, is, which is a local uh, charity to Crawley. So mm. the St Catherine's Hospice, uh, which is for um, terminally ill uh, families across the West Sussex. Yeah. Um, so they certainly need uh, all the help, money, tree that they can get hold of. Absolutely, that's brilliant. So. Um, so now, obviously, people will have seen the, the, on on Sunday morning. I'm thinking, oh goodness me, I've really inspired and I'd love to get into that. And uh, I think Pound Hill Palace have got some new courses starting. Yes. Yeah, so uh, on the uh, 15th of May, uh, we've um, we've helped over uh, 300 people uh, be able to get from uh, not being able to run for a bus uh, to uh, to completing a, a 5k. Uh, so it's. Uh, the program is uh, it's like a nine-week program, uh, which is uh, overseen by some uh, uh, run leaders and coaches, uh, and of which it's three runs a week. Um, and it's uh, it not only helps with uh, with their fitness, uh, but mental health as well. So yeah, this is a, it's such a remarkable story though, Pound Hill Pandas, because you you guys started right in the middle of lockdown, and it's just grown and grown and grown. Yeah, so we started in uh, 2021, uh, and it was just uh, it was just myself, um, and there was uh, six of us, uh, I think, on our first session. But uh, we've we've grown from uh, from since then to um, having I think it's uh, in the com- a region of 14 uh, leaders. Um, so it's it's great that we can have such a, a positive um, help to, uh, to to those who need it most. Mm. It's it's getting over. It's 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 starting off, isn't it? It's 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 finding that motivation to say right. Well, because anyone could just go out for a run, but I think when you're with people and you've got that camaraderie with you, that's what kind of spurs people on. Oh, of course. It's, um, uh, even when it's uh, uh, the moist conditions of uh, when it's uh, when it's raining, we're yeah. um, we're out there uh, pounding the streets and uh, all. All weathers and, and so forth. It's it certainly helped in a, a group environment. So uh, um, it it yeah, you wouldn't be able to. Do it, I'm sure it certainly helps um, being in um, with the Couch 5K that we have groups of up to uh, 30, 40 of us, um, and yeah, it certainly pushes you along. And nine nine weeks, Paul, sounds like a long time, but it's it's progressive, isn't it? It's not just it's not it's not oh, sudden. It's just it's it's a gradual, it's it's just gradual. Yeah. So it's, uh, so the first uh, week uh, it starts off at uh, walking, uh, and then it progresses up to um, uh, like a minute uh, jog, mm. a minute stop, and uh, and so on and so forth. So it's uh, it's certainly not. Um, you know, breakneck speed uh, from from the off, mm. and uh, it's uh, suitable for all paces as well. So we have uh, we try and split the group up um, so there's not uh, they're not out of their depth. And it's a massive. Um, I know I know when we were talking about coming on this morning that you you wanted to mention as well the huge mental health benefits as well as physical. Oh, of course, yeah. So um, we uh, it, it is. You never have a never have a bad run uh, once you finished mm. finished the run. So the hardest part is going to be uh, getting out the front door uh, and uh, and and getting to the, uh, where we're meeting. But once uh, once you're finished, it's um, it's great for us, say for, for physical and for mental. Um, and it's um, yeah, it's yeah, I can't speak highly enough of uh, of physical activity. Mm. Have, have you done a marathon yourself? 
Uh, I've done done a few uh, marathons, and um, yeah, the uh, the most recent one didn't go to plan, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's certainly room for uh, for improvement to say the least. But uh, and especially this, uh, I mean, on Sunday you have to uh, remember all your your medicines and so forth. Mm. Uh, uh, but uh, there was a few bleeding nipples as well, which always uh, which always hurts just to uh, to see that uh, as well. Yeah, have, have you have you run London yourself? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've run uh, London um, on in 2019, uh, and it's yeah, it's unlike any other marathon, I think. I've, the, I've, uh, the I've read I've read many people saying it's it's the best day of your life. Yeah, it, well, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, it's uh, well, yeah when you get to mile 18 onwards, it's uh, I think you can uh, uh, you could be someone else in the, in your mindset, but uh, but yeah, it is um, it is yeah it's it's fantastic. The, the crowds uh, carry you uh, throughout uh, throughout it, so it's um, it's one worth to put into the um, bucket list uh, for yourself if if you if you fancy it, Paul. All right. Well, I, I, I'd love to, but I never get past the ballot. That's the problem. I'm going to have to try and work that one out. Uh, anyway, um, tell us, Paul, how people can get involved with your new uh, Couch to 5K course. Uh, so if you uh, were to either email us uh, on the info at poundhillpounders.club or we've got a, uh, a Facebook uh, account, so Pound Hill Pounders, uh, and that's uh, established in 2021. All right. Well, we'll so there's a few ways. Yeah. And uh, and you guys are in uh, Grattan's Park and Crawley still. Yeah, so we uh, our, our home base is in uh, Grattan's Park and Crawley, uh, but we do have different locations that we meet up at. Paul Smith talking there to Paul Tolmy earlier this week. If you're interested in finding out more about Poundhill Pounders and their new Couch to 5K course, visit poundhillpounders.club. That's poundhillpounders.club. We'll post the link on Twitter at SundayReview107 and on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. On Tuesday's mid-morning show, Paul Tolmy caught up with David Johnson from the Horsham Amateur Operatic and Dramatic Society about their upcoming production of Betty Blue Eyes. Well, it's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether you remember, there was a film called A Private Function about probably 40 years ago, I think now, which mm. is, is an Alan Bennett the script, which is basically what we've got, but it had music added to it about 10 years ago and was, it was put on in the West End. It ran for you know, a good few months, probably not as long as it would have liked to, um, but it had it had Sarah Lancashire in and Rhys Shearsmith, some really top names in there, but probably because it was before the Happy Valley days, it didn't take off in quite the way it should have done. Mm. But it's now very much favoured by the amateur circuit, I think, and it, it is a good piece of work, great music, and obviously it's a great script. It's still got that Alan Bennett humour in there. I mean, in terms of what we're talking about, we've got Joyce and Gilbert are the, are the main protagonists in it, and they're a sort of um, approaching middle-aged couple, shall we say, who basically he's a chiropodist and they are social climbers, and they're trying to establish his chiropody practice <coughs> in a little Yorkshire town in 1947. Mm. And the town council, um, you have um, a slightly corrupt doctor, solicitor and accountant who are doing all that they can to stop him from getting established because they don't like interlopers, they don't like newcomers. And unbeknownst to them, he's aware that they are rearing a pig in secret, because this is rationing, the days of rationing just after mm. the war. They are rearing this pig to have a banquet to celebrate the engagement of, as she was then, Princess Elizabeth, the late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, to Prince Philip. And so Gilbert contrives to steal the pig and get one over on the town council, and as you can imagine, mayhem ensues when he does so. So uh, that, in a nutshell, is the show. 
One of the uh, guys on the town council, myself, uh, a guy called Henry Allardyce, the accountant, he's a more kindly soul than the other two, and he's really very fond of the pig and doesn't want to see it slaughtered for the banquet. So whether or not the pig survives and whether or not the banquet goes ahead, I will leave that to uh, let people see when they come and see the show. But uh, suffice to say, it's a family show, and of course it has a happy ending, so nothing to worry about too much there, I don't think. No, it's, it sounds like it's going to be quite... I, I actually hadn't heard of it before, interestingly. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, some of it, it it's slightly strange because it's Alan Bennett. I mean, you know, there is a scene in the gents loo, shall we say, in in the pub. Nothing mm. untoward, nothing unpleasant. You know, before you, your viewers, or your listeners start sort of phoning in in droves and complaining. But um, there's only Alan Bennett that could write a sort of conversation of four blokes at a urinal, really, isn't yeah. there? You know, so that's in. All done in a family-friendly way, of course. So, you know, it's a little bit different. And the music's great. It's very faulty. There's a lot of jitterbug in there. There's a lot of real sort of bouncy stuff as well. And a lot of good words in there, too. It's a really good script, and there's some good lyrics to the songs, which matters very much to me. I mean, I like a show that's got something you can get your teeth into, you know. Mm. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a cracker. Um, so... I say hopefully it's all going to go well. We've got very sort of publicity actions over the next 10 days. I'm sure you can imagine the coronation, which we're, we're very much tying in with that, mm. um, and, uh, you know, having the Royal Link, and uh, hopefully it's going to go well from there. Um, tickets are going pretty well, because it's not, I mean, as you, you can imagine, with a show that's less well-known, it's not as easy a sell, no. but it's doing all right. I mean, 9 to 5 flew off the shelves, and this one's, you know, doing pretty well to catch it up, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're happy, but we can always sell more, of course. Yeah. Hence me uh, coming on to chat to yourself today. It's, it's quite a... It's, 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 a, it's, a right to, it's a real toe-tapper, because there's some great songs in there as well. There is. Oh, you've had a listen, have you? Excellent. Um, mm. Yes, there is. Um, there's some good big chorus numbers. Um, I particularly like the number at the end where everything sort of plays out and everybody confesses all the skullduggery that they've been up to, and they're all seated around this sort of banquet table, so, mm. you know, that banquet goes ahead. And we all have to jump out and sort of say a little piece. And it sort of ends up in a conga, which, you know, a bit cliched, but hey, it's 1947 after all. Um, there are some good numbers. It borrows a lot from some of the other musicals as well. I mean, there's a number at the end of Act One which has owes more than a little to Les Miserables, shall we say, in terms of the styling of it. Mm. Um, but uh, there's some great numbers. And in particular, I mean, the main song, Betty Blue Eyes, is just a joy. And I'm, I'm luckily, I'm the person that gets to sing that. So I sort of serenade the pig and convince Gilbert that the pig is, is friendly and is, you know, Someone that really should not face the uh, the butcher's the butcher's knife. So we sing this wonderful song where we serenade the pig and do a bit of jigging around, you know. And uh, it's yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, yes, it's a lot of nonsense, but then a lot of musicals are, aren't they? But you know, it's it's feel good, and it you know it, it it really it makes you it puts a smile on your face. I think, and I certainly hope that we're going to be able to do that anyway. Are you using the real pig? Unfortunately not. I think oh. it'd be a little bit too unpredictable. I mean, I know they say, you know, working with animals, etc. And, you know, funnily enough, I'm, I'm sort of speaking to you this morning. I do a bit of volunteering down at the dog's trust down in Shore, and I've just yeah. been there, you know, helping out with the dogs this morning. Mm. So I'm more than happy to work with animals, but I think sharing a stage with a pig would, would even be beyond what I'd be prepared to do, <laughs> to be honest. Um, oh. So that would, be, that, would, that would be a step too far. I mean, I have shared a stage with a dog before that was sort of very well trained and very well behaved. But you just can't quite predict when you get them out under the lights with all the heat and the noise coming out of the audience and things. You can't predict how an animal no. is going to behave. So Betty is Betty is a puppet, and we have a we have a puppet master. So if you think of sort of like a slightly more miniature version of Warhorse, yes. we're in that sort of field really. Um, so um, yeah, Betty turned up a couple of weeks back, and we're all getting used to to sort of working with her now. And uh, yeah, so. It's a safer option than having a real one out there, I think. Probably, probably wise, actually, in, in, mm. with hindsight. So uh, you're, running from the, you're running from the 9th to the 13th at the Capitol. 
We are indeed. Yep, um, absolutely. So have you have you got performances? Is it the usual sort of Hayards run performances every every night and then a matinee? Yes, or? it is. Yeah, I think we're seven thirty uh, from Tuesday through till Friday, and then on the Saturday, I think we're doing the matinee at two o'clock and the, and the evening performances at seven pm. Um, so I say I think tickets are going pretty well and they're spread fairly evenly. I think the first night is a little weaker than the rest. So if people really want a good seat, then Tuesday would be a good one to book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing the usual run and tickets available from the Capitol directly. We don't sell tickets nowadays. Prefer to do it all for us. It's all online, etc. If if people see the uh, show and think, oh, this is great, I'd love to get involved with this, they can um, join Hales afterwards. Oh, always, absolutely. I mean, we've got um, we've got hairspray coming up. I think in the autumn yes. uh, as the next show, uh, and that will certainly be a crowd pleaser. And you know, we need a big cast, and we need lots of young people. I mean, we've got a fair few. It's uh, a fairly well populated group, but nonetheless, you can always have new people on board, and it's it's good to bring new people in, and you know, from different disciplines and things. So, yeah, always open to that, always welcome. So please, yeah, if people want to come and join us. You know, when people come and see the show, get themselves a copy of the program. There will be all the details about where to meet us and when the launch is. I think Hairspray will launch on the 23rd of May from memory. So, yes, if people want to come along and join, absolutely fantastic. Always open arms. David Johnson in conversation with Paul Tolney about Betty Blue Eyes, which is coming to the Capitol Theatre in Horsham from the 9th to the 13th of May. For more information and to book tickets, visit thecapitalhorsham.com. That's thecapitalhorsham.com. Or call the box office on 01403 750220. That's 01403 750220. And that's it for the latest edition. We've got all the information on the features you've heard today on Twitter at SundayReview107 or on Facebook.com forward slash SundayReview107. I'll be back on air next Sunday morning from 10am on 107 Meridian FM or on meridianfm.com or you can download the latest podcast. Until then, take care and have a great week ahead.